0: This is Blues Brothers on Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ as we follow the fortunes of the Blues and their chase for glory in Super Rugby Pacific 2024. And they are well-placed. Well-placed are the Blues to race to the top this year. I truly do believe that. And part of the first, I think, three or four seasons with the Blues, uh, was the wonderful Mercurial halfback for the Blues, Junior Ofisa Tonu. He joins us now. Welcome in, Ofisa.
1: Salofalova, Steffi, and uh, yeah, here we go, another season
0: Enough, already. Yeah, I know, it's, it's come around quick, mate, it's come around quick. It's can you, cricket season. Can we I'm looking two, forward to the Australians coming here playing some T20 and we're talking rugby. Oh, I know, I know, actually we had a listener ring up before saying, can you ask Afisa about how much he enjoys the Black Clash and playing cricket for Samoa?
1: Oh, I tell you what, um, I, I really do, I really do, uh, I love my cricket. I, I, I mean, I I, was, I mean, I've told this story before, but I was a young Wellington boy from Rongotai, and used to go down swag, wag I mean, sorry, just going off to the Basin Reserve <laughs> and watching the West Indies there train on the outer field there, just by the outfield, and uh, and and watching them, you know, do their stuff and their swag, and and just the way that they play cricket and love cricket, it sort of hooked me in. But uh, coming from a, a, a pretty proud cricket school like wrong so like Smithy used to be there and, and uh and a few other Bruce Edgar and I think it sort of sort of put into a Samoan one boy just giving it a crack.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. Can you turn the clock back? Did you you took part in the first season of Super Rugby, am I right?
1: Yeah, correct, the first three. And then I uh, the fourth one I went out to, to my hometown in Wellington to play with the Hurricanes but yeah that, that uh that first one in ninety six was uh yeah, it was, it was pretty special.
0: Yeah, and um, the very first game was the Blues Hurricanes in my hometown of Palmerston North, and it went off.
1: Oh, 100%. I, I think, and also a, a night game too, because we're not used to playing at night. Everything was all afternoon footy, and um, and I think sort of the whole year, waiting a whole day for a, a 7.30 kickoff, I think it was, and, <laughs> um, you know, so that was a new experience in itself. And also, you know, going into a training room and uh, trying to w- warm up in the training room, and uh, and hearing all the fireworks and the entertainment going on, on the outside of of what's going on, it was like, whoa, what's going on here? And and when we ran out and busted through these uh, uh, sort of curtains and uh, introduced us uh, into Super Rugby, and it was uh, something special. And, and the
0: rest is history. Yeah, it is. Won the first two, did the Blues. Um, they won, I think, in about 2003 again, and then they won the Trans-Tasman COVID Cup as well. Looks like a pretty settled side to me. Well, settled and exciting, Fisa. Um, if I had to, if someone had to twist my arm and say, who do you think's going to win this year? I actually do think the Blues are best placed to win this team with, with the squad that they've got.
1: Yeah, lots of, and, and a change of scenery, change of voice here too is uh, is going to be good for some of those players. I mean, coming off the uh, back of the uh, Rugby World Cup, you're always going to get some fresh new ideas um, with uh, Vern Cotter there and I know Bogues, is—he's uh, very technical and and, and he lo- he's Mr. Rugby in my mind. Uh, uh, growing up and playing with him in Wellington, and for him to come up here, I think the guys or so the players will really enjoy the way that he approaches the game and and how he sees things and 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 also not so much as a robotic, but also be able to unlock some of that flair manage that risk on, on the field, if that makes sense. So mm. I think uh, that'll be really good for the team. And, and by all accounts, you know, things are starting to look like that. It, uh, it's coming together nicely.
0: There's There's been, like, some observations that Blues teams in the past um, let their flamboyance get away with them a little bit sometimes. You know, there's a lot of flashy players. I sort of feel like Vern Cotter's the right man for the now, for the Blues, to just bring it all back to, to what's important. Yeah, no,
1: Vern. Uh, and no, Vern. I went to Bermuda with him, and he's a very firm and hard man, with a, a real purist of rugby. And uh, and, and like I mentioned with uh, Jason O'Halloran and it's a really nice balance between the both. But also being over play, uh, has experience overseas with Scotland, and I know he's done some work in France and and also with Fiji. So he he's got a really good. Repertoire of how he likes to coach, and and hopefully they can bring that in and manage the risk a little bit more, but not suppressing what they want to do and express themselves on a rugby field, if that makes sense.
0: Mm. Halfbacks, uh, obviously, your your Vogue. uh Finlay Christie, Sam Knock. Uh, there's another one in the blue squad who whose name escapes me. Quite well served in the nine jersey, the Blues.
1: Yeah, you know, really experienced. Now those guys have been in uh, that number nine jersey, we're fighting for that number nine jersey for a while. Uh, it'd be good to see uh, Sam Knocker, uh, you know, well, he's due for a big one and I still think that he's got enough to get to the next level. But uh, uh, Finlay Christie, I think he's got some unfinished business too and really wants to come out and play good to really cement that vacant number nine all-black jersey. So, big, big season for both. And uh, I think as uh, Finaki, is, uh, I think the uh, the other number nine. Yes, to Finaki. a yes. big... Uh, uh, but the big hair, and I, I've <laughs> seen him in some of the highlights. Uh, he's been quite prevalent in all the scoring parts of it. So um, there's a lot of good, comp- and competition's good. Avocational competition in and, and all positions is always good. It'll just iron will always sharpen iron.
0: In the past, we've seen Bowden Barrett play 10 and 15. Damian McKenzie, 10 and 15. Stephen Perifetta 10 and 15. I want to get him a real red-hot crack at 10. 100%. I think
1: uh it's uh it's been a, a position or a theory that's been tried. I don't think that uh Bogues or Jason O'Halloran will, will will is, is that's part of what he 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 make up I think is Make up his head like a specialist number fifteen and and you want a team that'll just direct the guys around the football field um, get them in good positions uh, and with an educated burden, I think stephen perota is, is is a good is good for that and uh and he's and he's also dangerous if an open play as well uh, um, but uh, just to keep him in the team jersey would be my thinking is is the area they'll they'll approach and then we've got a few guys that can really you know, push for that number 15 jersey. But uh, but I, I, I'm like you. I, I just like a, a 10 just to be solely a 10 and not, not to muck around with it
0: often talked about the combination between the 9 and 10 but as a very high performed 9 yourself I want to ask you about the combination between the 8 and the 9 and that's the transfer from the forwards responsibility to the backs responsibility and in Rico, uh, sorry, in Akira Keriwani Hoskins 2, 2, very good number 8s, can you tell me about how you work on a combination between an 8 and 9 and, and what's important?
1: Yeah, that combination, uh, 8, 9, and I'll throw in 10 there as well, is really the, the core of the team, and they're the real directors of it. You sort of had, we I mean, this is only uh, my perspective, but we had a, a number 12 that was and 13, which was the Ronnie all sort of dictating the uh, uh, back defense, and then we also had fours like Robin Brooke and Fitzy or looking after the forwards in terms of what they were going to do, scrum set piece. But in terms of the general direction of getting us around the field, Sydney was always the the main man, and and we were his lieutenants. But not every day, every game, he was on, you know. So there was, uh, we shared that. Balance of of helping out in that in that area, and so the combinations of eight nine, and eight nine and ten or nine ten. Even if one goes off, the other two will be there just to keep the the ship rolling uh, correctly. So yeah, a hundred percent. You know, Hos uh are there with uh, Finlay Christie, but then if not, then you've got Stephen Perifetto or whoever the ten is to be able to make sure that everything's aligned and everybody's on the same page to get them um, to get whatever. Game plan, Vern, and, and both have got uh, planned for the Blues, and, and that's what I'll be looking forward to too. How are the Blues are going to play? You know, are they going to be structured? Are they going to, you know, give it a bit of uh, um, risk and reward? Um, so you know, this is the hard and fast track time. So that'll be be good to see what sort of attitude they take on. On Super Rugby,
0: it's sad news for um, Bruce fans Patrick Suapalatu with the broken jaw. Thankfully, didn't require surgery, yeah. but he's going to be out for five or six rounds. But Dalton Papali, he well practiced at leading teams.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it was he was devastated. I was seeing him um, when the World Cup period; he wasn't. He had a, his arm in a sling and couldn't, you know, miss out in the World Cup, and then straight I I bet you he was keen to get back into it and then obviously this little setback as well but I mean like uh the blues are not the only ones. I I see Will Jordan is there too. He was he was down at the black place I didn't realise he had a sore shot. it's probably why he wasn't firing it in the ball in from the boundary and uh <laughs> only because he had a he had a
0: bad wing. Yeah, not good for them, not good for them, but we are blessed with good talent. Now, uh, yeah. Afisa Tanu who is with us, former Blues All Black halfback. You've got a new appointment with Sansa. Are we allowed to talk about that?
1: Oh, it's nothing too... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it? Yeah, it's not top secret, you know, secret squirrel, but I've I've, I've sort of been... I suppose it's been a little mini-promotion, I suppose, Uh from part of the judicial panel to, um, yeah, my new role there.
0: So you do it, it's a foul play review committee. Can you talk mm-hmm. us through what you yeah, guys do?
1: Yeah, so every every game right through across the board, um, there's a a, uh, a foul play review committee, and that'll make up of, of three people. And the two players, the former players that are in there is myself and Steph de from South Africa, and uh, any red cards or any sightings that come in, and if they are uh, a warrant to go to the next level, they have to go to a hearing. Then that that'll that'll be put pro, uh, forward to process. Will we look at all the games on on the Monday night, and then if it needs to go any further, then so be it. They'll review the the plays and the players, and then if not, then play on. But I think. Uh, uh, the cool thing about it is to be able to keep a real positive approach to it and, uh, and you know, let, let rugby dictate the outcome of, of all the games and hopefully keep everybody on the field.
0: So on a Monday night, you and Stefan Tablochi, you can't watch every single game on a Monday night. Do you review the situations that were foul play slash red cards and make a recommendation to Sansa, or where does your recommendation go?
1: The recommendation is sort of put together with us whether it needs to go further, because all these... Um, submissions will come to us from the siting commission uh, citing, uh officers and then it'll be decided whether it needs to go any further if so then a committee will be put in place uh, for the player to see if he has anything to answer for if not then just play on
0: ok that's pretty exciting it's good to have your hands still in the game of rugby isn't it
1: yeah it's nice I, I mean you know, always uh, love love to go and watch the game, and love to be involved in it. Um, you know, some people go and coach, and some people are part of the community. Do- done, been there, done that, that part of it. But this is uh, also nice to be involved in, uh, um, in professional rugby, and in particular this part of the game. Are
0: you involved in rugby at all locally, Afisa? I know you're very busy with your cricket and your business and you're, <laughs> now, and you're yeah. citing things.
1: Oh, I went down for a run yesterday at uh, Princes be pre-season training. Our big 150th year. Uh, at the club, and uh, we've got a game uh, of the Old Boys versus the Barbarians in Easter, so I thought I'd better get in there early and start shopping around some Broncos or something, uh, chucking a ball around just to get ready. But other than that, I'll just be here to to watch my sons play. They'll be uh, involved at the club. And one of the senior teams and so, uh, yeah, I'm just a volunteer and part of the community of rugby like uh, most
0: people are. And you are involved in the match fit thing in the past, with, uh, which was just a fantastic initiative and, and it really brought back to us the people like Charlie Reichelman and Ron Cribb and Troy Flavel and, and so many and yourself. Um, do, do you enjoy getting involved and, and reconnecting with guys from your, from your rugby playing past?
1: Oh, the, the, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I am involved in the, the next episode of Match Fit, and it's coming out, I, I would say, I think in March. And uh, we've done 15 weeks of filming, 15 weeks of training, and and, and also a lot of uh, challenges. And probably just give you a little heads up, it's a bit of a rugby versus rugby league. Oh. There'll be some, some guys who you'll recognise um, uh, in both teams, um, and it's sort of accumulating with the game that's happening on Sunday. So... Uh, we'll be playing against a hybrid game uh, against some of the Australians over uh Bukikari. and so I'm just, uh, yeah, it's all going to be coming out soon so look out for it but it's uh, it's been it's been a full on 15 weeks it's been awesome uh, made some really good um, house changes in myself and uh, and just when you think you know, after you finish rugby you know what to do and look after yourself and then when you go to the doctors and they see what's going on inside you sort of think oh man so you know, I I do encourage a lot of my my friends to go and, and and get yourself checked up, and and this show will just go through a lot of the journey that we've been through, and then just give you a, a bit of an insight of what what's happened.
0: So, what's the biggest thing you learned in that respect?
1: Um, you might look good on the outside, but that's not doesn't uh, necessarily um, equate to what's happening, what's inside your body, and uh, and sometimes. Um, you know, this is your blood pressure, your cholesterol. This is everything that, you, in your lifestyle and some of those changes that you need to make. In particular, when the clock turns over after 50, a lot of the changes happen quite rapidly. So um, I, I say that because uh, some, some friends have passed on, as we know, uh, not only athletes, but, uh, um, you know, people that we do know in our own lives, friends and family that have just gone way too early. And we've heard this from a lot of people in a lot of areas for for, for too long. And, and and I experienced this, that, that uh, going to see my doctor's blood, blood pressure, getting these checks, that I was very, very close to, um, you know, it, it could happen any time. So I managed to uh, sort of make some changes, and, and I, I think that uh, in that way it sort of helped me get myself into a, a better place in terms of my
0: health. Awesome, mate. Well, I saw you through the windows of the studio yesterday. You're looking magnificent. You always had a great smile, but I'm pleased that you're smiling <laughs> on the inside now too.
1: Yeah, thanks, bro. It was really good. And it was nice to see you there too. I thought, oh, mate, Steph, you do work. It's, you are alive in the studio. It's like a <laughs> little fish tank there. It's
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, good luck for the game on Sunday. I might pop out. Uh, to And cheer you on, mate. Nice. We'd love to see you there. All right, buddy. Thank you. Okay, mate. All the best. See you, mate. officer uh, Tanoa, there. Just a great character, great character, and staying involved. And I went to the, the filming the match fit thing at Pukakoi Stadium. Um, he sent me. He sent me it actually last night, uh, 12 o'clock. Anyone can go and watch, and I'm pretty sure it's free, because I went to the one in the last season. Um, <clears throat> you're not allowed to take photos, you're not allowed to take videos, and you sign a waiver, which is fine, because it's they're recording it for the big series, but it was um, it was great, because a mate of mine, Scotty Waldrum, he played in it uh, a couple of years ago. But it's interesting, there's going to be some ex leagues there, and a New Zealand-Australia-type situation as well. Fantastic. So, big thank you. That is uh, Blues Brothers. Um, yeah, I think they're going to go... Really close. Really close. They've got a really good blend. And as I mentioned to Afisa there, I think Vern Cotter is the right guy to just bring it all back to pure rugby. The flair will take care of itself, but you earn the flair, you don't start with the flair. I think he's that sort of guy. Must get Vern Cotter on, actually. I'd love to hear his philosophy in the game of rugby and what he's bringing to the Blues. But that will come up at some stage as well. We'll take our last break before three when we'll hand over to the run home.